Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Welcome back. It is time for faith to rise up. This is a time to choose faith over fear. We are faith. That's what we say. We, we call ourselves Faith Christian Center. We have faith experiences. We are faith people. We choose faith over fear. And the word that I have in my heart today, I do consider to be more a prophetic word. I don't take that a phrase lightly. I do believe it's something directly from God for what's about to happen in our very near future. So before we jump into the word today, go ahead and pray with me. Father, I thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. I thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us, that your presence is with us right now. Wherever we are in our homes, wherever we are, I thank you that you are with us. As you so greatly shared with us last week, we thank you for your presence being with us wherever we go. And Father, as we turn our attention to your holy word, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, know and understand. Father, I pray that our eyes are open and understanding is enlightened so we can receive what you have for us today. I need your help. I only want to say what I hear you say. I only want to do what I see you do so that Jesus may be glorified, lifted high, and made famous. As always, Holy Ghost, have your way. We turn this time over to you. Work upon every single heart, every single person that is listening. And I thank you in advance for every life transformed by the power of your word and the power of your spirit. And give you all the glory, honor, and praise for it, Father. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. Now go ahead, say it with me. Say, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. Well, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Whether you have a physical Bible or you have a digital Bible, let's put our eyes on the Word of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It's a very encouraging scripture, a very familiar scripture to so many people. And we know, not we guess, not we think, not we hope, we know. We know that all things, that's everything, you know, as our founder has said before, you know, what's left after all, nothing. So that's everything that's in your life right now, everything that could happen, anything that could come. All things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for our good because we love God and we are called according to his purpose. I want to read this verse to you from a few translations. The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way, we are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan 
for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. The Amplified Version says it this way, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. The Phillips translation says it this way, Moreover, we know that to those who love God, who are called according to his plan, everything that happens fits into a pattern for good. The Passion Translation says it this way, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. God is an expert at taking bad situations and turning them into good for his people. See, he didn't send the bad situation, but he knows how to turn it. You have to understand, God did not send COVID-19. He did not send the coronavirus. It is not from him because our God is good and his mercy endures forever. God did not send the coronavirus, but he knows how to turn it for our good. And I'm telling you today, God is going to turn this situation for our good. God's going to turn the coronavirus for our good. We are not going to be the same like we were when we went into this situation. God is going to bring us out. And when he brings us out, the result will be good. That's why the title of my message today is When God Brings You Out, because God is about to bring you out of this situation. You're going to be better than when you went in. This is what is coming into your life in the very near future. God is going to turn this situation for your good, and you're going to come out better than when you came in. I want to share with you a prophecy that came to our bishop. He had sent me this message via text about a week or so ago that came from his time of prayer, and he said, you know, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14, and he said, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Thanks be to God. He always causes us to triumph. Even in this situation right now, we will triumph. But then he said, it came to his heart in his time of prayer and devotion that after he read the scripture, the Holy Spirit said to him, It's going to be better than it was before. Things will be better than it was before for you. Grab onto that word. Hey, I received that for my life, for my family, for this church. I want to read it to you again. He said, it's going to be better than it was before. Things will be better than it was before for you. Grab onto that word. And then about a week later, there's another word that came through him. And he said, the deliverance for the nation, surely it will be. The deliverance will not take long. Soon you will see. My power shall manifest itself because of the praying of my people. And I will give glory because of what shall be. So rejoice and don't let your head hang down. Give me praise and glory every place you go around. For my power shall manifest itself, you'll see. This will not take long. There will be victory. Glory to God. There's going to be victory in this situation, so you might as well rejoice right now. Go ahead. Let's take a minute and rejoice right now. Father, we thank you that you always cause us to triumph. We're coming out better than we went in. You're turning this situation for our good, and we decree and we declare there shall be victory. We grab on to this prophetic word. Now go with me to Genesis 15. Genesis 15.
when God brings you out because he's about to bring you out. Genesis 15, verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Aren't you glad God is your shield? And your exceeding great reward. That phrase means your ever-increasing money supply. Aren't you glad? And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me you have given no seed, and lo, one born of my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad. So notice what happened when God brought Abram out of his tent, when God brought him out. Look now toward the heaven. And tell the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, so shall your seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. What happened when God brought Abram out? He expanded his vision. He expanded his sight. He stirred his imagination. He stirred his thinking. One of the things I want you to know today, that when God brings you out, you need to get ready for new dreams. You need to get ready for expanded visions. God wants you to think bigger. When he brings you out, you can't think small. You can't dream small. You can't plan small. You need a plan for big. You need to dream big because you serve a big God. Quit with the small thinking. Quit with the limited thinking. Quit with the lack thinking. God is going to bring you out, and he's bringing you out to a wide place. He's bringing you out to a big place. He'll take you from a tight situation and put you in a large place, as it says in the Psalms. It's a wide open space. It's a big space that God has for you, so it's time for you to think big. It's time for you to plan big. It's time for you to dream big and get ready for the big that God has in your future. As he told us, this is a year of transformation and restoration, and that is what we're going to receive. So it's time for you to think, plan, and dream big. God has big things in front of us. Someone say amen to that. Go ahead, say amen to that wherever you are. Say amen that God has big dreams for you. Say amen that God has good plans for you. Say amen that he has big plans and things in your future. This is not the end. Good things are ahead for you. Say amen to that. Praise God. Now, I want you guys to listen to tongues and interpretation that went forward earlier this month at our night of prayer. I want you to listen to what the Holy Ghost said a number of weeks ago. That is for this time. Go ahead, open your heart, and hear what the Holy Ghost had to say. Uh, And so there is a place I have designed for you to walk. And I have ordered your steps to this place, but into other places too. So I have led you in times past, and I will continue to lead you. Follow me. Follow me. Step by step. Step by step. And I will lead you into places. And I will lead you into fields. And I will lead you into rooms. 
rooms where they are uttering your name even now. Mm. Mark this time, mark this hour, mark this day. For in the days to come, heaven will open over your home. And there mm. will be an influx of wisdom to come. There will be an influx of favor to come. But there will also be an influx of increase to come as well. For as you continue to pray out the plan of God, I'll tell you where the funding is. I'll tell you where the favor is. I'll tell you where the opportunity is. And it'll fall on you like rain. Uh, a little <laughs> here and a little there. And then when you least expect it, whoosh, the rain will be everywhere, <laughs> says the Spirit of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. I take that. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so you thought, well, well, how can this be? How is this possible? I've done this and I've done that and it didn't work out. And everybody will see that it's just little old me. But step into the flow of faith. And you'll see things rise, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. Have I not told you I'll make you a thousand times better? <laughs> this is your day. This is your opportunity. So receive it with joy and walk in that grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, I take it. <laughs> oh, the <Yeah>. victory. Oh, <laughs> the victory. <laughs> glory. Oh, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, glory. Glory to God. Uh -huh. Glory to God. Because yeah. it's by the Spirit that I'm on yeah. It's by the Spirit that ish to hold. And it's by the Spirit it shall robaka. And dopombonga ish tipota. But danta nando suta baba. But rekukuka nambam dom dom bo. And it will vrotusta. Vrotusta. Votusta. Soro shakabaha. Oh, robaha. Veha. Nadako rabadista habata. And so it is by my spirit that you see. It's by my spirit that you know. It's by my spirit that you go. And it's by my spirit that things will grow. So get your mind off of the news and get your mind on the plan. Get your mind off the coronavirus and get your mind on my plan. Get your mind off of that which is peripheral and get your mind on my plan. For I've placed you where I've called you to stand. I'm not going to have to relocate you and put you over here to cause torrents of blessing to come on you. But right here where you stand, prove me. I will cause the blessing of Abraham to come upon you and overtake you in ways you never knew existed. Praise God. Welcome back. Didn't those messages inspire you? Some of those, some people who are newer to tongues interpretation and as a gift of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12 says we have nine gifts of the Spirit, and two of those nine gifts are tongues and interpretation of tongues. Tongues is a supernatural message in an unknown language, and interpretation is interpreting those tongues into a known language. And it's one of the ways the Holy Ghost speaks to us, and it was a prophetic word about this time. So I want you to listen to that again later this week. We've already put it on the Faith Plus app under more messages. You can find it, listen to it, and the thing is do what the Holy Ghost told you to do in that message, and I know you'll be blessed. So let's continue with our message. Let's go to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis 41. 
You know, a lot of us are familiar with the story of Joseph, a famous story, a familiar story to so many of us. And one of the things I want to pick out, kind of piggybacking on what we talked about last week, that Joseph was put in some unfair situations. It wasn't his fault. But in those situations, it says, but the Lord was with them, and the Lord showed him favor, and the Lord showed him mercy, and the Lord was with them. And as, because God was with them, his situation had to turn for good. And the thing is, you know God is with you. That's what we covered extensively last week. So you should have confidence like Joseph. Your situation is going to turn for good. Notice what Joseph said later. Some of us, you might not be familiar with the story, that we know Joseph was sold into slavery. His brothers hated him. They were jealous of him. He was a teenager who had dreams from God, and his brothers wanted to kill him, but instead they said, we'll make some money off of him, and they sold him into slavery. He was taken to a land he didn't know, a foreign land, as a slave, was auctioned off, was bought, and he was living in this house, and it says God was with them. You know, people were calling him a slave, but God was with them, and he was promoted, and he was ruling the entire house. So it doesn't matter what people call you, just know that God is with you. And so while he's in the house prospering, it said the Potiphar, the one who owned the house, did not even think about what, all the things he thought about was what he ate, everything else he turned over to Joseph. So you can imagine in Joseph's mind, things are finally getting better for me. But then Mrs. Potiphar cast her eyes on Joseph, and she wanted Joseph to sleep with her. But Joseph says, I can't sin against God, and I can't sin against Potiphar. I'm not going to do it. And then eventually she laid a trap for Joseph, but Joseph stayed in his integrity. He said, I refuse. And then Mrs. Potiphar had it. She created a lie and said, this man, she told her husband, this Hebrew that you brought into the house, he tried to rape me. And now Joseph is thrown into jail, labeled a criminal for something he didn't even do. He kept his integrity, but now he seems to be in a worse situation. So now he's in the jail, but it says the Lord was with him. And because the Lord was with him, he began to be promoted even in the jail. And so the jailer turned everything over to Joseph. And so there are two political officials who have dreams, and Joseph interprets those dreams. And he says, when you get out of here, tell Pharaoh that I'm in here unjustly and tell him that I interpret your dreams. And the thing is, what happens? The political officials will forget about Joseph. Everything he said comes to pass. And two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. And then one of the officials says, Pharaoh, this is my bad. I forgot. There's this dude. He's in prison. He shouldn't be there in the first place. But he can interpret dreams. And so suddenly, Joseph was brought out of prison and stood before the Pharaoh and gave the interpretation of the dream and the wisdom of God and what to do in these seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine. And Pharaoh said, well, is there anyone else we can find in whom is the Spirit of God who has this wisdom? And he says, I'm going to point you over everything in my house and over the nation. And so quickly, Joseph was brought out of the prison and made the prime minister of the empire. He was second to Pharaoh only. But as you keep reading the story, Pharaoh began to see Joseph as a father figure. So even Pharaoh will listen to Joseph. He was brought out. Notice how I use that phrase. God brought him out of the prison and put him in the palace. God knows how to bring you out. And so we get to Genesis 41. Joseph is prime minister. Things are going well. Everything he said is coming to pass. Genesis 41 verse 51. Joseph now has a family. He's having kids, and notice what he names his kids, and notice why he names them. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God, said he, has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. 
God brought Joseph out to such a good place. He says, I can forget the trouble I went through when I was a kid. I can forget all the bad things. God has caused me to forget all the bad things I went through because he brought me out in such a good place. You know God can turn your situation around so wonderful. It's so good. You forget the drama you went through. You forget the baggage you had in the past because God has done such an amazing job in bringing you out. You, you might even think, like, you know, that did happen to me, but the trauma is not there anymore. The pain is not there anymore. What was holding me back is not there anymore because God brought you out into a good place. But Joseph wasn't done. Then he has a second child, and he named him Ephraim. Then he says, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So in a place that was a place of trouble, a place of affliction and pressure and bad times for Joseph where people thought, this is his end. God caused him to be fruitful in a season, in a situation, in a place that people thought he couldn't survive. I'm not telling you you're going to survive here. I'm prophesying today you are going to thrive. You're coming out of this situation with more than enough, you will be fruitful in a time of affliction because the same blessing that was on Joseph is on your life today, and it is the blessing of Abraham, and the blessing makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it, and the blessing is on your life right now. Blessed is not a cute religious catchphrase. It means you are empowered to prosper. No matter the season, no matter the circumstance, you are empowered to prosper. Say it right now. Say, I am blessed. Go ahead and say it again. Say, I am blessed. Come on, say it with some faith. Say, I I am blessed. You are the blessed of the Lord. And as we come out of this situation, there are going to be people who know, who just like in Abraham's day, they said, yes, he's the blessed of the Lord. Just like in Isaac's day, he's the blessed of the Lord. They're going to look at you and say, you are the blessed of the Lord. So say it one more time. Say, I am blessed. Praise God. Now go to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis 50 verse 20. Notice how Joseph also describes the situation. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph's talking to his brothers. He says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good and to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So his brothers planned evil for him. They thought evil was going to happen to them. People think evil is going to happen to them because of this virus that's going around and the situation and economic uncertainty. Evil has been planned. The kingdom of darkness has planned evil, and it looks like things are bleak. It looks like things are bad, but God will do for you just like he did for Joseph. He turned that situation around, and Joseph is so full of faith and knows the character of God now. He says, God meant it for my good. He renamed his pain. He renamed his season. He renamed the situation he went through. He says, God meant it for good. What's another way to say it? God turned it for my good. And as a result of the situation I was in and how he brought me out, much people were saved alive. When God brings you out, it's not just going to be good for your house. It's going to be a blessing to people around you. When God brings you out, it's going to save much people alive. It's not just your life that's going to be better. It's not just your family's life that's going to be better. Other people's lives will be blessed because God brought you out and you gave them all the glory. So when God God brings you out, don't you dare take credit. Don't you say, well, I was smart. I did this. You know, I was really prepared. No, just say God is good, and he brought me out, and he turned the situation for my good, and if he can turn it for my good, he can turn it for your good. Have confidence in the goodness of your God, for your God is good, and his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. Go with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. 
God brought Joseph out of his situation. God knows how to bring you out of your situation. He knows how to bring us out of this time, and he will do it. Exodus chapter 3, verse 19. Notice what he's telling Moses. Some of you know the story. The people of God are in slavery in Egypt. And notice what it says, and I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand, and I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof, and after that he will let you go, and I will give this people favor. This is a time of favor for you. I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, when you go out, you shall not go empty. You're not going to leave empty-handed, but every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourns in her house, jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment, and you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. Now go with me to Psalm 105. Psalm 105. You know, I'm sure when God told that to Moses and Moses told that to the people of God, they said it is impossible. How would the people that hated us and mistreat us want to give us all their wealth? See, the thing is, a lot of things look like they're impossible until they happen. A lot of things look like it can't happen until it happened. He says, well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It just needs to make faith. And you need to choose faith over fear and believe that God's going to bring you out of this time and bring you out into a wealthy place. See, it says here in Psalm 105, verse 37, describing how God brought them out of Egypt. It says, Psalm 105, verse 37, he brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribe. So when God brought them out of that season of affliction, that season of slavery that they had been in for hundreds of years. He didn't bring them out empty-handed. He had made restitution for them. He had made restoration for them. And they left out with silver and gold, and nobody was empty-handed. But even more, they were all healed. There was not one weak person, not one sick person among the entire nation of millions of people. You got to let it sink in. In a nation of millions of people, there are younger people. There are older people. They, this people have been slaves. They've been abused. They've been hurt over years of their life. You would think there are weaknesses in their body. There's pain in their body. But what happened when they were at the Passover and they put the blood on their doorpost? It's a foreshadowing us pleading the blood of Jesus. And they ate the Passover lamb, which is a foreshadowing of Jesus being the lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And we receive in Jesus. When they received the lamb, that was provided. They were all healed, everyone. And if we receive Jesus, the Lamb of God, we can all be healed, everyone. So there may be some sicknesses. There may be some disease, some pain and infirmity that's been hanging on you. There may have been some chronic illnesses that have been hanging on to your family for generations. But expect when God brings you out, all those sicknesses, all those diseases, all that pain, all that infirmity, all those chronic illnesses are falling off as well. And you're coming out into this new season, healthy and whole. I decree right now, I release the healing power of God through this camera, through the airwaves to every single house. I decree your house is a tent of healing, a tent of revival, a tent of deliverance. I rebuke pain. I rebuke disease. I rebuke sickness. I rebuke cancer. I rebuke blood issues. I rebuke COVID-19. Anything that's trying to afflict your body, bow now to the name of Jesus because by Jesus' stripes we were healed and God sent his word and healed us and delivered us from all our affliction and the word for you today is that he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Your God is your 
Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you and takes sickness away from the midst of you. Jesus bore your sicknesses. He took your infirmities. He took it so you don't have to have it. He gave you healing. Someone say amen to that. Glory to God. Go with me now to Psalm 126. Psalm 126. Glory to God. Psalm 126. Psalm 126. Glory to God. Verse 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goes forth and weeps bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with them. Notice what happened when God brought them out of a time of captivity, when they went to Babylon, when God brought them back. He brought them back, and the mouth was filled with laughter. Get ready to laugh more than you ever laughed in your life. The tongue was filled with singing. And then the heathen, the people who didn't know God, started testifying, saying, the Lord has done great things for them. And then the psalmist says, the Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. So it's time for you to be glad. Come on, say it with me by faith right now. Say, the Lord has done great things for me. Say it again. Say, the Lord has done great things for me. If you can comment and type and post right now, post right now, the Lord has done great things for me. Come on. The Lord has done great things for me, that's what we're about to see in the season. And you're going to be able to testify and say, the Lord has done great things for me. Glory to God. God's going to bring you out with singing, laughter, and rejoicing. You will be shouting, the Lord has done great things for us. Now go with me again to Psalm 23. Is this blessing anybody right now? Is anybody encouraged right now? Glory to God. Go ahead and give me some digital amen, some digital likes of hearts. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Glory to God. Psalm 23. Amen. You guys ready? Look at this. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesakes. Yea, though I walk through, not camp out, not build a resort, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Hey, it may look like we're in the valley of the shadow of death right now. But the thing is, this is not where we're staying. We're walking through. And guess what? Our shepherd is with us. 
guess what? He is leading us through this valley to the other side. Let's take a look at what he's doing. I will fear no evil. Once again, choose not to fear. Stop the fear. For you are with me. We talked about the last week. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Where is he leading us to? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes, when you go out of this time, you're still going to have some haters. God's not going to make your haters disappear. And stop praying that he makes them disappear because you're going to need an audience for when God blesses you. Look at this here. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The only way someone could sit down at a table and enjoy a feast is what this verse is implying. It's a feast. The only way you can enjoy a feast surrounded by your enemies is because you believe the one who prepared the feast is big enough and strong enough to protect you. Your God who is with you can protect you from all your enemies. And you remember the promise of the Bible that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know that God will deliver you from wicked, unreasonable men so you can can enjoy the abundance that God has for you. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. We know the oil also represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit, his power. So when we go into this new season, the season God is bringing out to expect a fresh anointing, a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost, fresh power from heaven to work in your life that you've never seen before, to work at a higher level. Expect greater power from the Holy Ghost. My cup runneth over. This paints the picture of abundance. So expect to walk out into a season of abundance that's greater than what you've seen before. As God brings you out, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory to God. Let's keep going. Go to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. familiar story to a lot of us. The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What's happening? They're serving God. When you study it out, they might be 20 or 21 at this point. They've been in Babylon for maybe about six years or less. And so they've risen. They have prominent government positions. They've been promoted. And Nebuchadnezzar gets so full of himself. He gets this great idea, great idea to him. He says, I'm going to build a statue in my image, in my likeness. It's gold statue. And whenever people hear music, they have to bow down and worship me and my statue. And all his advisors applauded him. And they created this statue. And it came time when the music began to play that everybody bowed down except Shadrach, me, Shack and Abednego. And so you know, while everyone is bowing down to the music, so you have to watch what music you listen to because some music is designed to make you bow. So as the music begins to play, everybody bows down. Here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Woo, this is kind of awkward right now. And then it gets reported to the king. says, you know those three Hebrew boys that you brought in and promoted and you put in charge? They did not bow when you played the music. And so Nebuchadnezzar, it says, was fear of fury. He calls them and said, I heard a rumor. I heard that you guys did not bow when I played my song. Y'all did not follow me on Spotify. You didn't even like my playlist. You didn't even bow when my song was played. But you know what? I'm in a generous move today. I got to, you know, I'm going to give you another chance. So if you're ready, when we play this song, if you bow, everything will be forgiven. I'm really generous today. Notice what these three men of faith said. Well, let's back up to see how Nebuchadnezzar ended this. 
Because if you don't worship me, if you don't bow down, you shall be cast that very same hour into the middle of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. If it be so, come on, when we're breaking down the Bible, studying the Bible, context, if it be so, what is the if it be so? If you throw us in to the fiery furnace, because he gave them two options. If you throw us into the fiery furnace, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. You ask the question, who is able? Our God is able, and he's going to do it. These are words of faith. These men are speaking. Our God will deliver us out of your hand, O king. He is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. But if not, if not what? If God doesn't deliver you, no, 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 no. If you don't throw us in, there was not a question to them if God would deliver them. That was not a question in their mind. That wasn't a question in their heart. They've already spoken their words of faith. Our God will deliver us out of your hand, O king. So if you don't throw us in, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you set up. The Nebuchadnezzar was full of fear, it said. And his face changed before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and commanded to heat the furnace once seven times hotter. That's just stupid. Because already the fiery furnace was going to kill them. Why does it have to be seven times hotter? Sin makes you stupid. And so the fiery furnace got heated so hot that the guards who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in died because of the extreme heat. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are tied up, thrown into the fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar is watching, expecting to hear screams, expecting to see their suffering, expect to see their end. And he's watching and watching and watching. You have some people watching you right now. They're wanting you to go down. They're watching. They're watching. Nebuchadnezzar is watching. And then he calls one of his advisors and says, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I think my math is not off. Didn't we throw three guys into the fire. And I says, yes, King, you're right. We threw three guys into the fire. He says, but I see four guys in the fire walking around, and that fourth one looks like the Son of God. What happened when these three men took a stand for God and spoke words of faith? The Son of God hurled through time and space and got in the fire right there with them because your God is always with you. And he walked with them to the point that the fire could not touch them. And so the king says, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, service the most high God. Come out of the fire. Remember who's with them. So who brought them out? God. Because they said, God is able to deliver us out of your hand, O king. So when God brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar and all of his political officials and advisors checked them out. The ropes have been burned off. What was holding them had been hold off, burned off. So expect things that have been holding you back to be burned off. Expect things that have been holding you down to suddenly let you
you go when you're coming out of this season. And they came out of that fiery furnace, and it says they didn't even smell like smoke. Nothing was burned. Their hair didn't even smell like smoke. So expect to come out of this situation, to come out of this season, not even smell like you went through. People will look at you and say, you never had a hard day in your life, and you know what you went through, but you know that your God has turned things for your good. You know that your God has caused you to be fruitful in the land of your affliction. You know that your God has caused you to forget all the pain of your past because your God knows how to bring you out and he's bringing you out to a good season. He's bringing you out to a good place. He will do what he promised you to do. Someone say amen to that. And notice what happened when you look at verse 30. When they came out, they were promoted. So expect promotion. Expect to come into a season of promotion because Psalm 75 verse 6 and 7 says, for promotion doesn't come from the east nor from the west nor from the south but God. So promotion comes from the Lord but God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another so expect God to lift you up in this time as you come out. Expect to come out at a higher place and give God all the glory for it. Now go to Daniel chapter 6. Glory to God. Another familiar story to a lot of us. Daniel chapter 6. There are these people, Daniel's in charge of the empire. He reports to the king, and people were conspiring how to take Daniel down. And they said the only way we can take Daniel down is if we make a law against his God, because Daniel was a person of excellence. Hey, we should be like Daniel, be people of excellence, always doing our best and being excellent in all that we do so people aren't distracted by our lack of excellence. So Daniel was a man of excellence, and he was doing everything he could in excellence. So they said the only way we can trip him up is if we make a law against his God. So they go to the king without him and try to create a law that says, hey, it'll be best for the nation if nobody prays to any other God but you for 30 days. And the king says, sure, why not? And he approves the law. And then Daniel hears about the law. But what does he do? He goes and prays like he normally does three times a day. The window's open. He doesn't care about the law. That was against the word of God. And then he prayed and it came to the king. Hey, that Daniel that you like so much, he did not obey the law you signed. And the king is now perplexed because he knew that under the law of the Medes and the Persian, if once a law was signed, he could not unsign the law. He knew that he had to follow the punishment. He, there's nothing he could do legally. And so the punishment was to be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel's haters and enemies were glad. They thought we finally got rid of this Daniel. He is thrown into the lion's den. And the king is perplexed. He's sad. And he said, Daniel, may the God that you serve deliberately, serve continuously, deliver you. The stone was put over the lion's den. And it says the king went back to his palace and didn't eat anything all night. Nobody could calm him down. He was restless the entire night. Then it says he arose very early the next morning, Daniel 6, 19, and he went, hur and went and hurried unto the den of lions. And he came to the den, and he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God, whom you serve continually, able to deliver you from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, come on, imagine him calling out from the lions Then, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouth, that they have not hurt me for as much as before him. Innocent was found in me, and also before you, O king, have I done no hurt. So the thing is, there was a situation meant to take Daniel out, but God sent his angel. Come on, this angel's assigned to you right now. Every believer 
believer has at least one angel. There's an angel assigned to you right now, protecting your house. You read Psalms 91. Angels can even keep plagues com from coming now your house. There are angels assigned to you right now, and this angel shut the mouth of all the lions in the den, and Daniel had a night in the lion's den at peace because of his faith in God. God delivered him and brought him out of the lion's den. If God can bring Daniel out of the lion's den, God can bring you out of your situation right now and bring you out into a good place, and that is what he's going to do. And this king begins to testify of the goodness of God and begins to praise God. When God brings you out, other people are going to praise God. This situation is not just going to bless you, it's going to bless those around you. And other people will have reason to give all God the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Glory to God. Notice what the king said in verse 26, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is a living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in the heaven and in the earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So expect to go into a season that you prosper and have have success as you do the will of God for your life. Now, let's begin to close. Go to Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Well, we started and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Notice you usually don't start a, a sentence with and. So you have to go back to see what it's talking about. So 26, likewise, we're in the same way. And you go back and see what way he's talking about. The Spirit also helps our infirmities or our weaknesses or our limitations, what that word means. For we know not what we should pray. What's the limitation? What's the weakness? We don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So yes, they work together because you love God, because you're called according to his purpose. But in here, you see there's another thing you have to do. You have to let the Spirit pray through you the perfect will of God. And how do you do that? Because he said, hey, it's my weakness. I don't know the will of God in this situation. So what do you do? You pray in the Holy Ghost or you pray in other tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 says, when we pray in other tongues, we pray in the Spirit. We pray out mysteries. That word mysteries means divine secrets, plans, and purposes. When you pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit is taking hold together with you and praying through you the perfect will of God. This is a time, this is a season where everything has slowed down in your life and you need to take more time to pray in the Holy Ghost as you heard through the tongues and interpretation you need to pray out the plan of God. This is not a time just to go oh, I wonder what God wants me to do. It's your time to get before God and pray in other tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost and pray out the plan. Pray out your next step so that you can walk in all that God has for you. It's a time for increased praying in other tongues. Not a time for less praying in other tongues. You need to pray in tongues more in this season. It'll prepare you for what God has for you next so that 
that when you when God brings you out you're filled with the wisdom of God the understanding of God and you know how to operate in your new season so you need to take some more time to pray in other tongues and pray out the mysteries or pray out the divine secrets plans and purposes as you heard them sing already this is a move faith needs to rise up this is a move we're coming to a season this is a move of God so have faith in God let faith rise up this is a move so have faith in God he said well what about what the president said have faith in God what about what happened on Wall Street have faith in God what about the Congress have faith in God. What about the news reports? Have faith in God. God will bring you out of the season and he'll bring you out because he has good things planned for you. He knows the plans he has for you. They're good and they're going to give you an expected end. So have faith in God. This is a move. Glory to God. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.